0: we got it, episode 29 of the Hibs Ramble, it's myself Craig, back this week after a wee hiatus last week, um, and just to say I'm not leaving, even though the way that it was presented sounded like I'm off, um, it's just myself and Sean this week, Sean how you doing mate?
1: Yeah I'm, I'm good all things considered mate, yourself?
0: I'm alright, I'm alright, um, Liam is not with us this week, he's currently enjoying our um long awaited, well earned break with his family in Tenerife before the arrival of their their second baby. So Liam, enjoy that, mate. And Mark has went we don't know about Mark. Mark was um, Mark's very u- usually quite quiet in our wee ramble chat. Um and then out of nowhere yesterday after the game he exploded with just a lot of messages. Um Says he was going out for a few pints when he got home, and we've not heard from him since. So <clears throat> I'm sure he's all right. I hope he's hope he's all right.
1: None of the messages are even delivered eh? any, so God knows what he's up to. I
0: know. It's um aye. We're not we picked an absolutely horrific season to start a podcast like because this is gone for. We we didn't think it could get any worse, and it somehow does. Um. Aye. Picking the bones at the game yesterday is not really something that I think either of us want to do or anybody who's listening wants to hear, but where, where do you even start? I mean, there was rumours of the of the team before it came out that Stevenson was going to be starting centre-mid, uh, Jago was going to be starting if he got his clearance, and then something happened. About 90 minutes before kick-off, we another team got sent about that Will Fish was going to be playing centre-half, that uh, Portress was going to be back in midfield. But we started with our typical back four, well it was at the start of the season anyway, with uh, Chabria coming back in to the side with Stevenson pushed into the middle of midfield and then a sort of three of McEady, Campbell and Yuan in behind Nisbet. Did you think that was the right way to go, Sean? In terms of especially in terms of putting Stevenson in the middle of the park?
1: Um I don't really think there was much else we could have actually done, if I'm honest. Uh I think we needed to make sure Campbell was in the midfield, which we done. I really, really wanted to make sure we had three in midfield, because every time we have two in midfield, we seem to get bullied. Well, bullied more so than normal. Um my concern was who was going to play right back. So, thankfully, thankfully, obviously, Cadden came in a bit more experienced than um, what our other options would have been. And Trabaya I was a bit nervy about him, whether it was going to be him or Stevenson. But realistically, if you look at the squad that started yesterday and who was on the bench, I don't really think you could really argue for much other than what we got at the start. So, um, not that I went into the game with much hope, I certainly felt a little bit better after seeing the team, that's
0: for sure. No, no. I mean, it's, we didn't really want to see Stevenson playing in that area. I mean, a lot of folk didn't even want to see him playing in the team full stop. I think we, with Stevenson, what you get is 100% commitment and effort. What you don't get is the quality on the ball that's lacking, that seems to be lacking throughout the team. I understood the rationale for putting him in, given that the hand in semi-finally was probably one of our better players that day. Um, And I thought that the way we seemed to start, because I thought we started really well.
1: Agreed, yeah, agreed.
0: Um, You know, Josh Campbell has a chance that sort of, he fashions out of nothing and almost like Zola-esque when he tries to clip it in with like a wee, you even call that a rabona? No, it's not a rabona, kind of a Uh, rebona. It's like a back heel flick kind of thing, uh, yeah. It comes off the post. If that's an inch or two to the left, Sander Clark's got no chance.
1: Sander Clark's yeah. diving the other way, mate. If it's on target, you're 1-0 up and it's a blistering start. So just uh, very, very unfortunate.
0: I turned to I turned to my mate who I was at the game with and I said that I, can feel, I was like, this feels like the Celtic game. And I kind of jokingly said, we're going to have a good 5-10 minutes and then we're just going to fall back. Yeah. And then I can't I, I remember the sequence of how the ball ended up there, but the ball gets punted over to Hart's right-hand side, so our left. And it seems to take an age, and Porteous has all the time in the world. He has a multitude of options. He can shield the ball out of play. He can header it out of play and just get back in and reset. He could do a million and one things. What he decides to do is try and swing it with his left foot. He completely miscontrols it. It then bounces a couple of times, at which point I believe it. I think it's was Janelli. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's was Janelli yeah. who who thinks I'm into a foul. Now, is that a foul? No for me. But I think it was very stupid of Porteous to give the referee an option like that when he was in complete and utter control of the situation.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think as soon as it happened, I I knew the sequence of events that were going to follow. Um, Lee Johnson must have been absolutely livid with Porteous at the time. I know at the end of the game, he actually touches on how stupid it is, you know, to give away a free kick in that position. And I can guarantee you, before the match, Lee Johnson's 100% said, "No silly fouls, keep it tight." You know, all the usual stuff. But more importantly, because of the delivery that that someone like uh, Snodgrass can can provide, um, we would have wanted to limit any free kicks, any corners, because of that the, the type of delivery. And he doesn't even need t- to go in. I wouldn't even say hard. He doesn't need to lift his hands. He, he does. He does shove him. Like I say, it's very, very soft. You, you don't think it's a foul. I, I feel like I feel the need to agree with that. Um, there's no need for Porteous to do it. But as soon as he's done it, he's trying to lay a marker on on anyone that's coming near him, and it's backfired big time. And as soon as I saw that Snodgrass was stepping up, my concern was we might we might win the first ball, but we're shocking at second balls, and I knew that. If it fell to someone at the edge of the box, we weren't going to have anyone there, and lo and behold, that's what happened.
0: Uh, it was just very symptomatic. It seems to be that we have all the, like we can have all the early pressure in games, and then you get to situations like even Dundee United last weekend, the first attack in our box as a goal. Yeah, and that was the first time Hearts had been in our box. I mean, everybody knows the <clears throat> the quality that Robert Snodgrass has got on the ball. We've seen it. Came for Scotland for so many years. He's played the highest level in the Premier League for so many years, and giving him an option to to bring to 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 whip the ball in for deep as well. Not even as if it's like on the eighteen yard line where it's easier to defend. It's coming for thirty five plus yards out at an angle. Um, I mean, the ball comes in, and I mean, I'm I'm not sure who's I'm actually. I remember because my mate said it at the time. He was like Josh Campbell's marking Toby Sibek. It's now,
1: zonal. It was zonal. I've watched it back three or four times. Um there's maybe five, maybe maybe even six of them in a straight line. They don't really give a toss about who's next to them. They don't care man for man or anything like that. All they're doing is dropping back into an area and hoping that they're dealing with it. Josh uh, Josh is it Josh Ginelli? Is that his first name? Janelli anyway. Mm-hmm. Mentions in the interview at the end of the match that they knew that they could expose our weakness at set plays, which is feeding off second balls. Yep. I think it was Trebriar that was in line with Janelli when the ball drops back, when, when the when the free kicks actually take him.
0: his back. Or... Aye,
1: does. <laughs> aye. You could also argue that McGeady maybe needs to be alert at the edge of the box as well, but that's probably not his job because he's probably their central edge of the box to pick up anything and then drive away. But we just we just fell back in a straight line and you see it happen all the time this season, whether it's, you know, deep free kicks or short free kicks, we all just seem to mark more zonally than anything else. And then yeah. just either hope for the best or and try and pick up the scraps. And that's probably what um well it is what caused us. No one was alert at the second ball and he just
0: fires at home. And I think I think that goal in particular kind of sums up the. You say in football you make your own luck, right? But when you when you look at that goal, and you look at um, was it who who scored the first at Tynecastle? Was it I was it, like who? Sorry, when it got like, pulled back for the penalty, it was Civic, wasn't it? Aye, it was aye. Like those instances, if they fall. In the hearts box there's a body in front of it yeah like there's a body in front of it completely blocking it as we've seen it several times in the second half yesterday which i think leads into good defending for hearts players like rolls civic um and the boy hill like they just they just fling their bodies in front of everything absolutely everything but it's also for me, it's poor decision making for Hibs players because you're getting instances where players are just shooting it. The, the, there's a boy in front of them and they're just they're just shooting it straight at them. Like if you know a player's going to dive in, almost like what Nisbet does against um, Dundee United for his first goal last week when he yep. when he paused and he just he just moves half a yard and it just opens up so much space for him. Um, I mean, the rest of the first half, I think we huffed and puffed there wasn't really much much to speak of this like we you know we had so many balls out wide i think johnson spoke about it after the game and it's something that's really starting to piss me off um and it's it's kind of to the point where you think about think about lee johnson and what what more could he have done yesterday because for me all that we failed to do early on anyway was put the ball on the back of the net because it just it's I don't know mate. it's just one of those things where it just seems to be that everything that can go wrong at the moment is going wrong. Yeah. I mean you look at the bench yesterday and I mean you no know, I know I know we've we've championed the young boys quite a bit, um, especially Ethan. Ethan absolutely loves the Ramble. Um But realistically what what is he gonna offer us in the second half that McCurd do you know? What, I'm kind of going away. No, I
1: know. And, nah, I know what you mean. You you, you mention that that we huffed and puffed, and that's probably the best way to sum up not just the first half, mate. The, the, I'd say I'd go as far to as say the whole game. Um, Hearts n- knew for a fact that we weren't going to break them down. We can't even break any team down. We've done it all season. We just can't. When we go behind, a team will sit in deep and just be like, right, okay, and you come, and then unless we get a penalty or the team goes down to ten men early enough we then can't seem to get that extra space and that extra yard Um i don't want to say I, i've said it quite a few times since yesterday that we that we dominated the play i think that's i'm probably using that word more because i can't really think of what's probably a step down from that we had a lot of the ball i don't mean possession wise i mean just a lot of time in their half in their final third lots of balls in the in the into their box we had more Son, ridiculous, like three times as many touches in the final third than they did. Twenty-one shots, they had nine, but they were managed. They, they were able to be more clinical. Um, David Marshall doesn't do anything apart from picking the ball out the goal three times, whereas Xander Clark has twice as many saves to make. So, but even um, then,
0: I think that's I think that's being generous because a lot of them were like trundlers that came through. i like, I think the the I, best. I, 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 I were,
1: I were, quality of shots was, was very poor and you touched on it a couple of minutes ago the amount of shots that we had blocked was, was ridiculous and that's due to Hearts being able to read how we were going to play and picking up second balls and being able to force the ball to the edge of the box where realistically we're not going to pose much of a threat it's um,
0: pure decision, Like I say, it's poor decision making um, yeah. I think that's amplified by Ellie Ewan and Aidan McGeady especially in the second half because the amount of times they had the ball in wide areas and you honestly frustrates the fucking life out of me because he takes a touch tar- like there was a period where he beat cochran and then he beat him again and yeah. then he beat him again like beating them once is enough like we said that in the chat as well like he has his most success when he goes down the line and cuts it back most Boy, swingers
1: like, do mate most wingers do
0: start- Boyle against Hearts, Boyle against Rangers. Two times he just went right down the lane, cut it back, goal.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I don't, I don't get this. And Johnson made a point in its after, in his pre-match, eh, sorry, his post-match interviews, you've probably heard that he seems he quite consistent across BBC, Sky, um, Hibs TV, etc. And that we don't get the ball into the box quick enough. No, we dwell on it far too often. Don't, like you, you want defenders to have to defend on almost fear. When the ball comes into the box, like Josh can't, like the one for Josh Campbell, for example, McGeady beats him, bang, the ball's in the box. Josh Campbell's completely unmarked. Yeah. In the second half, Yuan was beating players and then he was cutting inside. Like I don't, I don't understand why a predominantly right-footed player wants to cut in. Like, and even with McGeady as well, like he's he's beating a man, he's stepping over, he's taking a touch back. He's take, like I said to my mate, it felt like at times that I was watching someone who was fanning about with a right analog stick on FIFA because they just kept doing skill moves.
1: Yeah,
0: you want defenders. You don't want defenders set in their position, waiting for the ball to come in, to then go and react to it. You want someone who can get the ball out their feet and bang it in the box. And there was just so many instances yesterday when we had the opportunity to do that.
1: Our best chance comes from him going to the byline and cutting it back. And unfortunately, that one instance that he does it, there's no one there. Yep. Um, I can, I can understand when he's on the left. I can understand him cutting in because it's his favoured right foot and he's going to kind of put it across the goal and curving into the goal. But see, when he's on the right and you're a right-footed player, the only reason you're cutting in is because you're selfish and you want to get a shot away. And, and that, that's it for me. Do you know what I mean? As a, as, as a winger, you want to get to the byline and cut it back and you want to do it as quick as you can. Right. And unfortunately, it's, I, I can't even excuse it. I don't know if
0: it's his, if it's his age, his mentality. It's, I, mean, I, he's I don't what, think he's it's due to ability. He's what, 23? Yeah. He's played in he's played in League One, uh, League One in France, he's played in the Swiss pro league. Like he's no it's no he's old football. enough
1: to know that when he gets the better of a man, That's you should it. be continually doing that. And you should do the same thing and the same thing until it then doesn't work and then you should try and reevaluate then. Exactly. Just really, really frustrated me, mate, like it did yourself. So
0: I think it's the you know, so we get to seventy minutes and I think the the difference between the game yesterday as well was the reaction of the managers. Um, Cochrane was obviously getting rinsed and he was on a booking so Nielsen was smart enough to take him off yeah. um, and bring on Stephen Kingsley
1: Yeah,
0: which I think sort of plays into maybe a counterpoint that what more can Johnson do in terms of his squad depth when Harts are able to bring on players like that and you know if you look at a sort of like a direct comparison on our bench would be Oscar McIntyre who's played about eight minutes of first team football
1: yeah
0: but then the, you can kind of see Nielsen's thought process in that like even then, after that, he brings on um, George Grant and Stephen Humphreys and takes off Barry McKay. And you can kind of see how it would be interpreted as a defensive move. But I think it showed good intelligence in that he knew for the last 20 minutes Hibs were going to be leaving gaps higher up the park and Humphreys can play on the, the shoulder of the last man he's yep. got you know he's a lot quicker than what Shankland does. and for me Johnson was just too reactive he sent uh, Laidlaw and McCurdy to warm up and then within a couple of minutes he shouted McCurdy back and McCurdy was in the process of getting stripped when Hart scored their second yeah
1: yeah at
0: which point at which point he comes on and
1: you're, you're needing a the, miracle which isn't going to happen
0: the game's burst um which is which is horrible to think because at the start of the season we had all these games, you know, St Johnston, Hearts and Rangers, where they went right to the wire. There seemed to be a different character, a different spirit about that team, and I don't know, I really don't know what's happened in the space of four months. But it's just it's just been completely eroded. I mean, fair play to <clears throat> to Hearts eh, for the goal. I, I know there was shouts about a foul on Ellie Ewan by Cammy Devlin.
1: Yeah, they're very, very slim, mate, those shots. You could argue it's a foul, you could then argue Cammy Devlin falls onto the ball with his hand, but again, it, for me, it's, it's you're not getting
0: that. I think, for me, it's just a symptom of where we are at as clubs at the minute, in terms of that's how much they want it. Like, Devlin was very, again, I've been I've had quite a lot of stick today for saying hearts are a great footballing side, so I'll try and keep that chat to a minimum, but Devlin, again, fits into that hearts model at the moment where he's very good and effective at what he does. Like, he's busy. I said it a couple of weeks ago. He's very, very busy. He just gets himself about the place. Um, There was a few opportunities he had when he could have turned and ran forward with the ball, but he does need. He plays it safe. He's very cautious. But when it comes to winning the ball back, he, if that was his granny on the touchline, he'd have done the exact same thing. And we don't have any players who are... Like, any players. Yeah who have got that in them you need without sounding sexist it's like it's about manning up and having a set of bollocks on you and having a bit of pride in what you're doing there's too many in that team for me that are just happy to shrug off a challenge you know what I mean if a challenge happens it's a bit of a a bit of a dodgy one they're quite yeah. happy just to let the referee deal with it. Whereas if it was on the other foot, you'd have five, six, seven Hearts players surrounding the referee. That's the thing, mate, though. So, like,
1: I really, it really pains me to say it. But Hearts, as a club, they, they live and breathe to beat Hibs. That's yeah. that's what they're there for. And that's all that they want to do. You come in the door, you get shown a video. This is what it means. This is what you need to do. It doesn't matter about anything else. You beat Hibs and that's it, you're a legend, that's it, that's all that matters, you beat Hibs, you beat Hibs, you beat Hibs and that, I wish the club I wish our club had that mentality to an extent where you're just trying to instil that winning mentality that nothing else matters other than beating your local rivals and if you do that, it's going to rub off on the rest of the season and the rest of your games and that's where you're going to get a lot of your success from Um,
0: The thing is as well, is that you get like you say ken folk are like i've seen a lot of stuff on .NET the today being like oh, ken, it's, i'd rather hold myself to a higher standard than um you know basing our entire season on beating hubs uh beating hearts sorry yeah season upon in my lifetime anyway they've been consistently better yeah like i know there's been periods where i know when they were in the championship and whatnot um but even in the last however long they've been relegated twice we've been relegated once and we still spent longer in that league than they did like there's this whole oh we can't base it on that but well, whatever they're doing is working because they finished third more often than we have they've won more scottish cups than we have they've won been in europe more times than we have they've been in the group stages of europe now twice as opposed to our none like I don't know, like I don't know want. T- I'm obviously not using this to get a straw out and suck the gorgy hoop. However, like, like it's just a, it's an overall mentality thing about the club. Like they, I think the difference is right. See, even though they won't admit it on a professional level, on a personal level, they fucking hate us.
1: Yeah.
0: Like yeah. they hate us. They hate everything. That we stand for and that goes through generations regardless of if it was in the 1920s when we were you know that we were fucking, it was catholic v protestant like through the generations that hatred has been passed on i don't think that same hatred goes the other way and i think it's summed up when um johnson got the job and he was joking and laughing about the nickname and that that he's got for robbie nielsen like oh you know a big curly toe like blah blah like no like no, in private do that, but in public you want to... like this. This is what's the first game everybody looks for. Yeah. When are we playing them at Tyne, It's not even when have we got them at Tynecastle. When have we got them at Easter Road? That's the first game everybody looks for. And once again, I don't know what you can put it down to me because we've had amazing players, we've had shite players, we've had amazing managers, we've had shite managers, and bar a spell under Stubbs and Lennon and McLeish at the turn of the century. That's been largely shite. Like, we jokingly, the last time, every game, here we go, eight in a row, and then the next game, was, here we go, nine in a row. They've just went ten unbeaten against us, again. And they're not even asked about it. Whereas the we difference is,
1: when we had that success against them, more than half of the games were draws as well. Exactly. You only had, you only had about three
0: victories in there as well. Do you know what we I mean? But we seem to celebrate not losing to them whereas they just celebrate winning
1: the thing is they go they go i know you'll agree with me on this they go into games knowing that they're going to win they go into games expecting to win yep. and hibbs is a club for as long as i can remember for as long as i've known and followed hibbs you go into be hoping to get a result not even a win you hope to get a result doesn't matter if it's at tincastle hamden or easter road and that's the difference between the the, the clubs for as long as I've known it is hearts expect and know that they're going to win derbies and Hibs fans and the Hibs everyone involved with Hibs hope and that's the difference and it's a mentality thing and it I, I, I fuck knows how you change it because it's been there as long as I've known Hibs but it's,
0: it's like a cursor it's like, it's like when you, if you think about all the teams that went to, got to the Scottish Cup final and didn't win it hmm. every year as it goes that pressure just builds so you're playing as different players it's different managers you're playing different teams but that that knowledge and knowing what the history of it is like is there yeah and I think I mean that the win record um is too big for it to even be overtaken in our lifetime even if we live another 50 60 years yeah. but see it, um... it's 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 it, it is literally ingrained in them
1: yeah
0: like I know folk talk about Gary Locke being a bit of a, being a bit of a moron in terms of the way he talks and the way he communicates and that, but as soon as a Hearts player comes through the door, he will he will be nailing them. You have to win this fucking game.
1: Yeah,
0: like anything else is is unacceptable. They would take getting relegated, but beating us four times in a season. Yeah, maybe actually maybe that's a bit harsh, but like they certainly
1: like, take finishing eleventh.
0: Mate, even the season they went down. They amassed, what, 11 points and they got six against us. Yeah. Like you say about going into games hoping, I've went into one derby in my lifetime thinking that we were going to give them a doing. And it was the last game before COVID.
1: The only the only right. derby I expected to give them a doing was uh, the 3-1. Uh, where Holt, where? Cummins and... Um, Shiny, that's the only one I've ever. Even the one, even COVID, I just knew because of it, and it's a mentality thing, mate. I knew that we, we we're only going to roll them over. hundred okay. percent knew it for a fact. It just was not going to happen. Um, you you mentioned earlier on about Cammy Devlin, and you mentioned about the type of player and that he is, and what's ingrained in, in him, and that we don't have anyone like that. What did you make of um, Jago's debut? Considering he was on a yellow for the vast majority of it, what what did you make of it?
0: I mean, I thought he was alright. I think it's
1: Do you see do you see him having attributes of what were maybe missing in midfield though?
0: In terms of protecting the defence, I think so I. Yeah. Um I think he showed in in spells that I mean he's one seed I think the, the pace of the game to start with maybe took him by surprise. Um again even though he was only there a day before, like it should have been drummed in, and like this is going to start like a fucking freight train. Yeah. So you need to be ready for it. You're not going to get time on the ball. And I think once he settled in, and I think actually once he got his book in, he settled down.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I thought his, his ball recovery was actually quite good.
1: I agree. I agree. I and thought same. if you if you take, if even if like I, like you say, I agree with the yellow card calming him down a bit and maybe making him be able to relax a wee bit more in regards to the occasion. I thought, barring a couple of times where he's just tried to launch the ball away, which by the way, I actually understand why he done it because of where we were in the park, he's launched that's it in the fumble. air to try like to and reshape.
0: That's the type of fumble that they make. Yeah. Like. Devlin going in on you and like that. He knows there's a chance he'll get a take a free kick, but he does it anyway. Yeah. And it still ends up coming off for them. Like I've, I've,
1: seen, I've, he I, was... <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people moaning about him and, and saying that it's he's not going to be good enough and this that and the other. Obviously, he's only played. I mean, when did he get taken off? 60, 70 minutes or so. So, um, for me, I, I completely agree. He, I think he's got a lot of attributes in, in the area that we need. I think his ball recovery was good yesterday as well. There was a few times where yes didn't get me wrong he gave the ball away, but who didn't yesterday in a green shot. But then like you say his ball recovery straight away, there's a three or four occasions where he's won it like soon as we've lost the ball as well. And I felt like his reading of the game sometimes was quite good as well, where he was able to just kinda of read where we were in the park, give us an extra couple of seconds by hoofing it up the park, reshape as a team and go for there. But unfortunately I don't I don't think um he's Going to be very helped with you know the fact that we had a 35 year old Louis Stevenson next term, which again is no detriment to, to Lewis or or Jimmy themselves. Do you know what I mean? Um,
0: that's because Joe Newell couldn't just play the game on a yellow card at in last season. Uh, I've seen that coming a mile away as well. But I think we <clears throat> the thing is with Jago, right? You've got Hibs fans moaning for the last three weeks, fucking sign somebody, sign somebody, sign somebody. We sign them. Who the fuck's this? Like it, can you, you, you need to give the lad a chance Like, yeah. you know we, we spoke about we've been crying out For an experienced experienced Defensive slash central midfielder We have signed A 30-year-old experienced Internationalist yeah. Defensive midfielder who, by all accounts Only didn't go to the World Cup Because he was injured for a good portion of last season Yeah. Or the start of this season, sorry um, But again, it's just I think it's just symptomatic of where we are as a club now. We just everybody's wanting to moan yeah. about something and because we're getting it wrong on the park um and because we're getting it wrong football and wise off the park it's just the the voices are getting louder and louder.
1: Yeah. Um coming um coming back to the the actual game as well. Um, cuz I know we're touching on a lot today. Um you mentioned about moaning and getting on at everybody. See when the second goal went in, which, by the way, I know you've mentioned it already, from an attacking perspective, is absolutely tremendous from Humphreys and and Shanklin. To to get that extra yard and to take that finish, Humphreys' touch is very similar to Fletcher's last week. That touch makes the goal, in my opinion. But I don't know if you noticed, big blame culture when the goal went in. Everybody was blaming each other. There was nobody again taking accountability. Um, The defending was atrocious.
0: Kazan and Campbell need to take a good look at themselves.
1: One, in my opinion, considering the space that they had in regards to Shankland and Humphreys, the space that they had as attackers, for them to get the goal in the space that they did is one of the worst goals I think we've conceded this year because not only does... It's not even a pass, mate. He chips it through the two of them, and that's what makes it worse for me. He chips it you know I mean? himself. Aye. So he, he, he creates the space, and he creates that goal very similar to what Nisbet done last week where he gets that extra touch... Yeah, but that goal for me is extremely underrated. Um, and you can't oh, I just, uh, mate. I didn't want to thank well. I didn't want to compliment them too much on how good that goal was, but because the it was, defender like, was just as bad. But it was, it was a really, really well taken goal. And like you said, McCurdy was about to come on. Whether he would have changed the game or not, we'll never know because obviously by the time he comes on, it's two 0 Um. The flow of the game, I I just want to get your opinion on that. The flow of the game when it goes to 2-0, did you see a change in the flow or do you think it was just more of a case of more of the same? Because you touched on the squad depth, you touched on the bench. For me, yesterday was Lee Johnson screaming out for help in regards to I need quality and I need it now because... He, we all know he clearly doesn't trust a lot of the bodies that have been brought in. Whether he brought them in or not is a, nif- a different conversation. But he doesn't trust a lot of the people that he held on that bench. And like you say, whether he did bring, whether he was going to bring on Laidlaw or anyone else or whatever from an attacking sense, there was no, there was no real out and out option there to bring on and guarantee you that we, we were going to, you know, have a positive impact in the game. So for me, and I don't know if, what your thoughts on it, I think it was more of the same, which what that's what it looked like watching it.
0: It was just more of the same, but hearts dropped five yards deeper.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's all it was. And, I mean, if, if I mean, Chinese whispers are to be believed. There's a certain senior figure at the club who's known for opening his mouth a bit too regularly, allegedly, um, in the Albion bar. Um, this goes back to last season as well. And it was cast iron that every single player that came in the door in the summer was Lee Johnson's. Every single one. So there's been comments made about individual players and all that by club officials in the vicinity of supporters. Um and I think it's telling that you've got Cadden's supposed you know Cadden <coughs> excuse me, Cadden's walking like the walking wounded to know. he gets wheeled out at town castle and then he's out for a week and he gets injured sorry at motherwell and then he's out against dundee united and then he gets he gets put straight back into the side and lewis Miller's still kicking his heels on the bench can Meg was nowhere to be seen now <coughs> um chabria has not been seen for weeks he suddenly gets a start port Jess, ironically when we have Hanlon, fish Rocky and Porteous all available handling goes eh Porteous goes back to centre half I don't know I think it's I mean there was a post i seen a post, a post we shared in one of the group chats about someone who's a Bristol City fan when Lee Johnson got the Sunderland job so again this is prior to us even being on the scene and you can resonate with so much of what is in that in that post that he left on a forum about selection, like there was the John, they they nicknamed it the Johnson Tombola because you didn't even know who was the there was the um, signing foreign players and barely playing them. There was scattered gun approach to playing players in their unnatural positions, i.e. Porteous midfield, Josh Campbell right back. Um, it's weird. I, f- I find myself just to sort of wrap up on the game and move on to Link <clears throat> other other things. The th- the third goal is just. Just shite. Marshall doesn't cover himself in glory for me. He should be out a lot quicker. Um and he should not be getting fucking dinked by a twenty one year old centre half like that. For me it was just just piss poor. Um but I know think that it,
1: know that it'd make any difference, sorry to interrupt Craig. No that it would have made any difference, but Josh Campbell's the furthest one back and the only one that continues to track back. Yep. That goal scored in what the 95th? There was eight minutes added on. By that point, they were down to ten men, rightly or wrongly. Whether you think that's a second yellow or not is probably up for debate, depending on who you support. But at that point, it's still two nil. For all they know, there could be another five minutes left of the match because obviously it doesn't show on the board how far into ninety minutes you are. Ellie Yuan's not walking, but barely jogging back. He's the second for this back. Josh Campbell's the only one absolutely bursting his gut. And even after Marshall gets dinked, Josh Campbell is the only one sprinting to try and even stop it crossing the line. I know it's it means, it means absolutely nothing, but how many times do you see players go through and goal, and after the person takes a shot or dinks it, the defender slows down as well. So and the players um, came in the
0: shot, and they came in a shot. It was just Josh Campbell that I, came in a shot.
1: Aye,
0: I, um, I think obviously at that point Rocky was. Absolutely cabbaged on the West End touchline. Um, I've not seen anything else come out about it, but Johnson said yesterday it didn't look good. Um, I find myself flip-flopping at times with regards to Johnson, I don't know about you, where I think the, <clears throat> the deep-rooted passionate Hibs fan in me once I'm gone. Yeah. And only for the reason that we've been pumped off hearts twice in a matter of weeks. Like, And I, I made this point last night. Since the turn of the year, right, so since the millennium, so obviously we beat Hearts 3-0 at Tyncastle in the last game of the 1900s, ni- the right? Since the turn of the millennium, we have scored three clear... We have scored three goals... We have won by past, three or more,
1: yeah.
0: Right, but we've scored three goals three times, right? Yeah. We beat them 6-2. We lost 4-4 and the game under Lennon, right? So three goals... Again, we've only won one game by three or more goals once. Yeah. In twenty-three years, they've done it twice in three weeks. They've done it under Mowbray. Can this Mowbray, who produced one of the best sides we've ever seen, took three, four-goal leatherings so Hearts in yeah. one season? I don't know. My po- I said about Johnson right so the deep rooted Tibbs fan may want something to go because of that and because we've won we've lost like 13 out of our last 17 games or, or something like that we've been pumped out of both domestic cups at the first hurdle um, I think this will be the first season this will be like the second season in the last 11 that we've not made hand in at all but the, the, the reasoned the Hibs fan taking off the green-tinted specs, looking at it going, what mer- what more could he have done yesterday? Like, yeah. But by the same token, players like Ethan Laidlaw, Oscar McIntyre, like, we're 2-0 down. What does he lose for putting them on? Yeah. And I, noted, I noted in his, after, his, his post-match speech as well, he said about still looking to move more players. You know, we need to bridge that gap, and we bridge that gap by moving out quantity bringing in quality and also supplementing it with their young players, we're the only team in the Premiership this season that has not played 16, 17 or 18-year-old player. Or, I don't know what age Nohan Kenny was or Jair was when they first signed, even Melkerson. But our own academy youth, Barron, Porteous, Hanlon, Stevenson, etc., we're, we're the only side not to play one at any point in the season whatsoever.
1: Yeah, his comment that's- to leave me questioning that a little bit um before i get on to his comment i actually completely agree with the the hibs glasses on hibs glasses off uh, for me if if we hadn't went through the whole maloney fiasco which i've already said this on the podcast if we hadn't already went through all of that i'd be wanting them gone like i would have wanted them gone world cup like pre-world cup i would have wanted them out the door i'd be chasing them out and and things like that but Because I think because of the whole Maloney fiasco, it's making me look at this current situation a little bit different without the Hib's glasses on. Where I'm I'm not looking at in regards to it being the manager's fault. We for podcast after podcast said at the beginning of the season Lee Johnson said after 10 games we'll know where we are this, that and the other and when it got to that 10 game mark it looked like things were coming together and then obviously shit hit the fan and since the Celtic game he's been fiddling about and this, that and the other and for me on reflection of where we are at the moment as a club it's more in regards to there's deeper issues um, whether it be players whether it be coaches whether it be board members, CEOs, whoever, there's a whole lot of other issues that are more important that need addressed Mm -hmm. than the manager, in my opinion. And to get better, you're going to have to take the hit on whether you you sack them, which is what they've done with Maloney. They they, they shot the gun early, right? This isn't going to work. Let's get rid of it. They took their time over this appointment. Johnson's not getting sacked. I said it back in October November when we were on this bad run. It would not surprise me if we got to the end of January and he's not sacked. But at the end of January, he's not sacked, and I'm not surprised. He's yep. came out and said he's backed by the board. Ben Kendall's came out and said he's backed. He ain't going anywhere. It's a harsh reality. If you want Johnson gone at the moment, based on what's going on at the club, it doesn't look like it's happening. So I think the club needs a reset in regards to all things non-manager related and I think that's what they're trying to do um whether whether it'll work or not we'll have to wait and see but I think that's what they're trying to do his comments at the end of the game again what you mentioned it did surprise me a little bit because realistically who else can we get rid of when you look at the bench that we had yesterday who else is he talking about getting rid of before you start looking at the like say Murray Johnson Murray Aitken both McIntyre's O'Connor, Laidlaw, them being the ones that are on the bench. And then at that point, regardless of whether you think they're ready for the chance or not, they're on the bench. So Johnson's gonna to have to give them game time at some point. If he's getting rid of all these players that he keeps talking about trying to get rid of, mm. at some point he's gonna to have to get he's gonna to have to give them a chance. And I can't see why he didn't maybe just take the risk yesterday where the last five five minutes, eighty fifth minute. Chuck on Ethan, or maybe even have taken Lewis off or Trebriar off and put you know uh, Oscar on. At that point, hearts yeah. are sitting deep. What else have we got to lose? Trebriar's form's been very very ropey. He wasn't great yesterday, but he was certainly better than his previous that actually, games that he's that played.
0: It's one of his better games, to be fair. Um,
1: if if you compare his recent form, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, his delivery, his his poor delivery led to the third goal. So. Maybe it was tiredness because he lacked game time. You just don't know. At some point, Lee Johnson's going to have to take the hit and either play the players that he doesn't want to play or get more of the youngsters in and play them because he wants quality over quantity. So we're clearly not bringing in many more bodies in January.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's summed up by in the 97th minute or whatever it was, uh, he brings on both Henderson and Hanlon. I understand Hanlon because Rocky was KO'd, yeah. but... Like why bring Henderson on? Like I I, just,
1: I I thought I I saw that and I thought the same, but at the same time, ninety seventh minute, there's eight minutes getting played. Realistically, they've just scored. Is there really any point? I mean, Ethan will probably disagree with me. Oh, he probably most certainly will. But realistically, is there any point in putting him on for forty seconds when you're getting beat by Hearts at home and he's probably not going to touch the ball? It's is still maybe, but I think,
0: I get where you're coming from, but also it would be a thing for him that he knows he's made his debut. Of course. Um, and that's why I'm saying he would like, disagree. If you look at it like that's now been two years he's been involved in first team squads and he's not had a chance, even like two minutes at the end. Yeah. To say that he's made a debut. Maybe does that if he'd went on, it gives him a a wee a wee boost to say that there's the pathway, the pathway is there. Um I mean moving moving on for the game overall. Um I mean this is quite long because we're obviously we're in the club the club just seems to be in total fucking free fall at the minute. Um but up next, Aberdeen, this is gonna be like going to Edinburgh Zoo and watching two monkeys fling shite at each other because it's two managers who are severely under pressure. And the thing about Johnson being as under as much pressure as he is is that I think at the minute it's like sticking a plaster on a knife wound because we could we could easily go out and beat Aberdeen on Saturday. I mean, who would have first seen us turning over Livingston for nine? Nobody did. Yeah. Absolutely no one did and we done it. Um who would have seen us going away and getting a decent victory at Motherwell? No one. So we clearly have it in us to do it. But my point we beat we beat Aberdeen, say we beat Ross County on the Tuesday. And then we lose the next two games. Johnson's not going to get a chance to build up any goodwill. Because we're not gonna go on a run of five, six, seven, eight wins that will allow them to build up the credit.
1: That just doesn't happen in the SPFL. Exactly. I think so see, see see for me, right? You, uh, it's Aberdeen and Ross County during the week. That's that's the two fixtures, eh? Yeah. So you're right, we could easily go and win them. And and I would like to think that we could considering how poor Aberdeen are at the moment. Um they've got their cup tie of the night as well. Um I don't get the narrative with people and I don't know if you'll agree with me, Craig or not. I don't get the narrative with people saying the season's over. I understand we're at the League Cup, I understand we're at the Scottish Cup, but if my maths is correct, for when I looked at the league table yesterday, we're ten points away for 12th, and we're 11 points away for Hearts and third. We're not going to catch Hearts. I'm not in any any shape or form saying that we are. The people that, in my opinion, are saying, "Oh, it's a relegation battle." Top six is over. We can't get top six. We're not going to get this. We may as well concentrate on not getting relegated. Mate, we're in the top six, and we're only four points away from fourth. Mm-hmm. It is so tight between fourth and maybe even maybe even eleventh. I don't know. I don't know what the points yeah. difference is between right. St Johnston and Kelly anymore. But it's <clears> so <throat> close, and I think people need to maybe stop looking. At the league table and seen the position, and just let us get a run of five or six games and see where we're at. I'd, I'd be can conce- See if there was like a six point gap, right, between us in sixth place, although we're in sixth. I would maybe understand the relegation shouts. Yeah, But we're so far away. I know we're in free fall, but you mentioned the two victories that we just got, Motherwell and Livy. No one's seen them come in in regards to our form. We could well go and win the next two games, and we're more. We've got more than enough ability within the squad to do it if yeah. we win those two games one of them's against aberdeen who's right above us we could find ourselves sitting joint fourth or comfy in fifth depending on other results
0: yeah so currently the the table as it stands at the minute um i don't believe there's any league games this week i think it's just the cup
1: yeah
0: um over the course of the week so you've got hearts from 38 in third um and again three wins like do you know what I mean that's no i'm not saying that we're going to catch them but it's no an insurmountable amount
1: it's, it's doable if they go on a run of poor games yeah. which realistically they should with injuries that they have but they have yeah. not because of the strength and depth they've got
0: so you've got livingston in fourth uh, with a game in hand on 31 points uh aberdeen in fifth on 29 us in st Mirren on 27 Johnston on eighth and twenty four, Motherwell on ninth and twenty, along with Dundee United and Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock are eleventh on goal difference. So there's seven points we're seven points away for eleventh, and we're nine points away for third, four points away for fourth.
1: And the teams that have the games in hand are all against each other as well. Yeah.
0: And so you're not like, all of those teams like like you say, there's not going to be any teams that are going gonna go on a three, four, five game winning run so this uh, this whole narrative that the season's finished for me is a lot of shite Um if we take the eye off the ball and try and sort of say the season's finished let's just concentrate on no getting relegated that's how we will end up getting relegated because yep. that's what we've done the last time Um so i uh, for me it's a case of trying to get two three games on the bounce like you're looking at the next five games um, because realistically, we're only 10 games away for the split.
1: Yeah.
0: So you're looking at the next five games. Um, and our next five games are Aberdeen at home, Ross County away, St Mirren away, Kilmarnock at home, and then Motherwell away. Eh, sorry, Livingston away. So realistically, you're looking at... It's no beyond the realms of possibility that Hibs could pick up 15 points there. No. Ever, and more, more importantly on that...
1: Every round of fixtures, someone plays someone in and around them. So we've got we've got Aberdeen this weekend, right? Livy play Hearts, both yep. in and around us. If we win that game, we're right back in it as well, right? You've got Motherwell Saint Mirren, again they could take points of each other, so that could help us out. We then play Ross County on the Tuesday. That's a great opportunity to get three points ahead before everyone else plays on the Wednesday. Aberdeen Saint Mirren play each other. Hearts obviously play Rangers, so you're hoping for a defeat there. And more importantly, Celtic play Levy, so that's you're hoping is a Celtic win as well. Every single week, we play then St Mirren, and then you've got other teams that are playing each other. Because it's so tight in the middle, if we do go on a wee run, I'm not saying we need to win five games on the bounce, just get a couple of wins, a draw, a couple of wins, a draw, something like that, just a wee unbeaten run, whether it includes draws or not. Because of the amount of fixtures that are coming up, and the teams that they're playing, we have a great opportunity to close the gap. Again, I'm not saying we're going to finish third at all. Because I don't yeah. think we can, although it is technically possible. The amount of teams that are playing in and around each other between now and the next time we play either of the Old Firm or Hearts, mm. we do have a great opportunity if we can get a run of games going.
0: Yeah. So because the the League Cup final, the game against Rangers has been postponed. Um, I'm not sure if it'll fall in between um, the... Because we play Livy on the 4th of March and then Celtic on the 18th, so I'm guessing the 11th will be the next round of the Cup. That'll be the 5th round or the 4th round, whatever it'll be.
1: Yeah, the, eight, the 8th of March is the, the Rangers game. That's when it's been moved to. The 8th of March?
0: Yes. Yeah. Aye, so we play So them on the Wednesday and then it'll be the Cup the following weekend. So yeah. then we'll have a gap of 12 days, 11 days or something before we play Celtic. So there is a great chance um, for us to for us to pick up a few wins. I know that the only one that's probably the sticky one for me in that next three is St Mirren because they're actually been pretty decent at home. Yeah, brilliant. But again, they're sitting below us in the league. We shouldn't be. We should be looking at these next three fixtures as a chance to take maximum points, in my opinion. Um, but it's going to take a hell of a lot of work, a work for that to happen. Um, well, Kim, what we'll do, mate, we'll just go into listener questions because. I honestly can't see how we beat Aberdeen. So I don't even want to try and go through how we beat Aberdeen because it just... The thing is,
1: we won't won't dwell on the Aberdeen game because, like you said, it's going to be a horrendous game to watch and it'll probably end up a nil-nil. But we do have the quality to beat them. See if we play like... See if we play how we played yesterday but defensively are tighter and are better at the back. We've got more than enough quality in the attacking areas to cause them damage because Aberdeen at the moment are, are on free fall as well. So yeah, it's more than
0: possible. All right, so questions. Um, we'll start off with our, our typical question, our favourite for John. Uh, starts with, in Asterix, huge, huge, huge sigh. What's for dinner with a sad emoji? Um, and I'll answer that before I get to the rest of your question. I'm having bacon pieces tonight. Oh, all right, okay. Nice so
1: you're having, you having breakfast for dinner?
0: Yeah, nice wee easy Monday night meal.
1: I love a wee breakfast for dinner, mate. Um, I
0: Let me guess, a creamy pasta.
1: No, 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 I'm having a, uh, it's like a creamy mash pie thing. It's good, mate, it's real good.
0: You love your uh, cream, yeah. don't you? Oh, I love it. Big Sean Oregon loves cream. Um, and John, so, and when will that prick get out of our club? Loser. Only reason he's still on a job is because we can't keep put, can't keep sacking managers. It was funny. I read the first part of that and it was like, when will that prick get out of our club? And I immediately thought, which one?
1: Aye, I know.
0: Um, Kev's asking, if Johnson is punted, do we even bother getting a new manager? At this point, I'd give the job to Steve Keenan until the end of the season. Um, I think, as we've said, unless we completely fall off a cliff, I can't see Johnson getting sacked.
1: um, You'll know better than me, I assume. How long was Maloney's contract when it was given to him?
0: Three years, I believe, or three and a half years.
1: Three and a half. And Johnson's got a three-year deal, right? Yep. So technically, we're still paying, or currently paid off, or will be paying for the next three years, two managers.
0: No well I believe that um, Hibbs and I mean this isn't confirmed or anything just what I've heard is that Hibs do put in a termination so if the contract is ended early they're entitled to something like three or four months full pay. Right okay. Because if you think about it technically Jack Ross would still be under contract and yeah. I think that he wouldn't have got as big a bigger salary off Dundee United as he would with us, you know, if it yeah. was almost like that gardening leave thing, so no, that's not, um, I, I can't see we're, we're still paying that.
1: If that's the case, and probably as you'll know better than me, like I said, like, we would have still the, had to fork out cash, do you know what I mean? So
0: Like with Maloney, the issue would be if we get rid of Johnson, we've got McAllister, Owen, the goalie coach, Great. and all of that to go as well. Um, and David Gray, if, depending on what side of the fence you sit with that. Um, Billy's asking, how can you be bothered? Haha. Because we love it, mate.
1: Great
0: point. Yeah. Great question. We hate Hibs, but we love it. We hate Hibs, but we love the pod. Um, mm. Kev, again, the rest of the season, what's the point? As we've just spoken about, Kev, we've got plenty to play for. Um, I know it's a cliche and you don't want to hear it, but Fourth in European football is still within our grasp. It's not beyond the realms of possibility, and we also need to be um, mindful of the fact that if we don't, if we do go on a run um, of shite form, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could find ourselves in the playoffs. So there's still plenty to play for. We can't even think about down and tools at the moment, in my opinion. I think it's unfair as well because fans like myself. Um, and Sean who've put in our money over the season. I don't need pay for a season ticket for January. Like if I wanted a half season ticket, I'd get one in January. Like I paid for a full season ticket. I don't want the club half it. Like we need to still be striving to be as high up the league as we possibly can. Um Gav said uh, and his grammar's actually spot on, so cheers for that Gav. Um can't be asked to ask a question. We're going down statement in brackets. Um Paul McKay's Saying, is there a tipping point where results get worse and LJ has to go, or do we tough it out to give him time? Personally, I'm not sure either is a great choice. I think he actually makes a fair point. Like,
1: no, he does. He does. Or, I think the thing is, if if we, if we sacked him, right, I don't think we will, I didn't think we will, and I, don't, I still don't think we will, you're then just doing a massive reset again. I think I mentioned it in the chat. If he does get sacked, and even if it is David Gray to the end of the season, the manager that's then coming in isn't ready and prepared to deal with the players in the summer window. And then you're just doing the the same cycle over and over again. So um, we're not going to get relegated. I will go on record and say that we won't, although the last time I said that on record, we did get relegated. Um, I think it is just a case of we we have to give him the time. He needs this window to do what he wants to do, and he needs a summer window to do what he wants to do. And hopefully the club in the background get other things right that will help him.
0: Agree. Um, you and Sterling asked, "Who would you rather get rid of, Johnson or Kensel Like, the,
1: I'm not going to pretend like I know enough about what a CEO actually does in any business. Although I am within the financial background, I don't know enough. To know whether he is or isn't doing a good job or not, a football fan will say he's not, but a businessman will say he is. So,
0: businessman will say he's getting it spot on because a CEO right. that effectively is about leading an organisation and driving revenue, and that's exactly what he's, that's what he's doing. So, uh, Mike Williamson's got two questions. One, who's going to replace Porteous as chief of shit houseery? Um, to be honest, I'd rather we didn't have a chief of shit houseery and we just had mature football players who. Didn't he try and badge-thump to prove a point?
1: The closest one that we'll have will be McGeady.
0: Yeah. Um, And the next one, now that we've signed Jimmy Jago, are there any other players with comedy names Johnson should be on the lookout for?
1: Just any players in general that are decent. If they come with comedy value, that would be great.
0: Yeah. Uh, Paul's asked another one, and he's taken over Gav's... um, I don't know if you can see this one, Sean, but the the spelling on this one is absolutely horrific. Um, Do you think this result... So I'm going to... I'm going, I am think I can decipher it, right? Do you think this result will make Hibs fans less halloy at oit-fetting or wanting hearts in a cup tie? I think it will be less happy about wanting hearts in a cup tie. Uh,
1: fair play to Paulie. Probably okay. just angry. He's still probably angry for yesterday and probably just wanted to get the tweet out before we recorded considering it was tweeted 10 minutes ago so he's probably just rushed it a wee bit but uh,
0: personally, personally i'd rather not play the scarf twirling weirdos outside the times we need to
1: that's a great point the last bit is a great point
0: do you know what i would take finishing in the bottom six if it meant we only played them three times a season than now just to avoid three, it mate three defeats is better than four um Stephen Dowling said, uh, yes, I want the under-19s to do well, but with the season effectively over, barring relegation, should we be playing the likes of Laidlaw, Ock Uh Ockenthyr, Jesus Christ. Wow, <laughs> are that. Who's he? Any good? It, oh, Sign know, oh, And the McIntyres, Ockenthyr, that's a fucking belt, right? Eh? Um, Season's not over. It's a double-edged sword because you think, you say, oh, what more can he lose? And really, we could just lose games and we could hurtle towards relegation. Like we seen with Harris when he got fit again, Sam Stanton, etc. Paul Hanlon at the time was only twenty-one, relying on them to get us out of the mess we were in, didn't end well. Um Leon Riley, King of the Sketchers, is asking, uh, what is the short term fix? Win on Saturday, I think. Yeah. That's the short term fix. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley's asking, Do I have to go back next week? Uh, thankfully, Haley, we live in a democracy, so no, you don't. Um if you do I've still not decided yet. I mean, to be fair, I only got my tickets for Sunday on Saturday. (laughs) And Sunday ended up... The Famous Five was empty, yet Sunday still ended up buying my own seat. Which was strange. Um, And do you see us making another signing by the end of the window? I think, with the injury to Rocky, and the likelihood that we've seen Porteous's last game in a Hibs jersey, we're going to have to. We need at least two centre-halves. We've been needing one for months. We now need two. Uh, there was obviously strong rumours about Bailey Wright coming in for Sunderland. Tony Moby's apparently said that he'll be needed for the rest of the season, so that's a no.
1: Cheers,
0: um, Tony. But just before the rest of the question, Sean, just about that, about Porteous. Um, yep. He's going to leave, how we assume, in the next couple of days. Um, he's going to leave having never won a derby. Personally, I'm glad to see him go. Because I think this whole contract thing has become a milestone around the club in general, and that we're just waiting for him to go. Um, I don't buy these shouts about, oh, he's not as good as he thinks he is. How good does he think he is? I don't. I've, I don't see arrogance per se from Porches himself, but I don't believe he's as good as what other Hibs fans think he is. And that's. I think that's typified by his mistake on Sunday.
1: I think it'll be a weight off the club's and, and Ryan's shoulders when he does go. Um, I think it is, it's ran its course. I think we spoke about it at the start of the season. I don't know if you were on the pod at the time or if it was just me and Liam, but we spoke about it and I remember saying we need to do what's right for the club at that time. Whether we take the money for him in January, depending on what the money is, if that outweighs the opportunity we have of finishing third or fourth and getting Europe. But I think now getting rid of him is probably the right option in regards to where we're at from a squad perspective and a club. I think it might just be the right thing for everyone involved. And I mean, he is going to move. We know that, but I'm just saying that's, I, I think it's on its course now. I, I think it's right for everyone. What I want from him is I want him to go abroad, whether it be to Udinese or whether it be to Toulouse or another club out with the UK I actually don't want him to go down to the Championship yeah. um, I think if see if Josh Doig went down to the Championship I don't think Josh Doig would be playing anywhere near as
0: much as he is He'd be back at Motherwell and or something like that Exactly, so
1: I think a lot of young Scottish players need to be taking the risk and the opportunity to go abroad like Lewis Ferguson did as well um, and take that risk I think Ryan needs to do that as well
0: No, I agree and I think we obviously need to do what's best for the club because Hibs don't owe Ryan anything. Ryan doesn't owe Hibs anything. I don't buy this narrative that he's a Hibs fan and he should sign a contract. That's that's not how football works. Um, even though he's a Hibs fan and he grew up a Hibs fan, I think it has to change when you become a professional. Yeah. yeah. And you you know you have to remove yourself for that mindset, which I think is what Ryan's done over the last few years but I agree with you, I think he need. I, I don't think in terms of even wanting him to go somewhere other than England, I think he needs to go abroad. Yeah. Because he needs to be able to learn another game. He would, in my opinion, the, I mean, he's already got a card marked up here for his, the way that he, he acts at times on the field in terms of flinging himself down too easily and maybe flying into tackles that he doesn't need to fly into. He would, get crucified even more than in England because the magnif- the the microscope is zoomed in much more because of the money that's, that's at stake. Yeah. Um,
1: Whereas if he went to somewhere like Italy, he would flourish and he would be, he'd be, a, Rolls, he'd be a Rolls Royce in my opinion. He'd
0: be off the radar completely in yep. somewhere like Italy. Um, and like you say, you only need to look at Lewis Ferguson, Josh Doig, Aaron Hickey to see what... I mean, Hickey spent a year in Bologna and ended up back in the Premier League. Josh Doig is now getting looked at by clubs like Juventus. I think I've seen Lewis Ferguson's name getting linked to a, a, a Juventus and maybe Inter Milan as well. Well, Juventus
1: might need players like Lewis Ferguson and Josh Doig if they get
0: no, there. No, points. No, not, 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 to that, not to say that Ryan Porches is anywhere near good for Juventus as it stands, but as a ball-playing centre half, they appreciate that more over in Italy. You know, they appreciate the finer arts of the game, whereas we want players that are Can run fast and tackle hard and Italy's a much slower game and I think he'd be given much more opportunity to develop if he went over there rather than going and playing at places like Millwall and Stoke and Burnley.
1: Practically, he needs a move like that as well, a move into that kind of league.
0: And also I think that by going abroad actually gives him more of a chance to make the Scotland squad than... What it would cause if he goes to the championship, he's immediately competing with the likes of Hanley, um Scott McKenna in the Premier League, but Scott McKenna, etc. He only needs to look at what has done, and I know he name checked him as well. Look at what's uh, done for Jack Hendry. Yeah. Like he was going nowhere at Celtic, went abroad, and he's now arguably our first pick for Scotland. There's not to say that Ryan couldn't do that himself. Um Lorenzo our new friend uh, has said maybe Lampard will be free soon. Obviously, I'm just joking. Um, I mean, he's free now. And he's actually, the way he's worded that, he's actually used the Lampard meme without using the meme. So I noticed that as well. That's brilliant. Uh, Jack Hibbs, if Johnson goes, what manager is available? Whatever manager wants the job. Hibbs will always be an attractive proposition to managers. Managers are egotistical, they're egomaniacs who always think they can do a better job than the person that's in place. So, and then finally, this is a good point actually for Zach, um Are the players all too scared to shoot in case fans get on their back?
1: I've seen something like that for, or I've thought something like that for years with Hibs. Part of it when we were, we were going through our good spell, which realistically was about six months, but yep. um, I've always felt that the hibs crowd and this is just a generalization it's not a personal attack on anyone before anyone takes it personally it's a very toxic fan base and they they expect a lot far too quick um i don't want to get off on a tangent but i remember we were going through a spell it was 2011 um, it was around the yogi spell when we were getting just before he got sacked. It was like the Calderwood spell. I went abroad to a Barcelona game. I'm not saying Hibs played the same way, but Hibs, before I went on that weekend, were passing that around the back, dwelling on the ball, passing it sideways, this, that. It was it was prime Barca. Went and then watched Barca, done the same thing, and the fans were loving it, and, this, and they were buying into it, this, that, and the other. And they come back, Hibs are trying to do the same thing. One sideways pass, one backwards pass, and the Hibs fans hate it. Yep. So I think the Hibs fans as a whole expect far too much, far too quick and demand far too much, far too often from the club and the players. And I think that comes at the detriment of where we are as a club generally.
0: No, you're right. And I think there's, I mean, there's where I was sat in the Famous Five yesterday. Um, so at the area that I sat in, or the area that I sit in, sorry, is... Like in the sort of upper, upper bit of the famous five, where I sat for 25 years, was literally in the front row of the upper tier, um, on like just right above the advertising hoardings. And um, there was a guy behind me yesterday for about 20, 25 minutes, just screaming at everything, screaming at the ref, screaming at Hearts players, screaming at House players. And it is a very, like you say, it is a very toxic. I sat in the East Stand last week um, for the Dundee United game. And all you heard was moaning. Like, it was literally moans and groans for the entirety of the game. And it just becomes a point. And I know football fans are very... It seems to me that football fans are very attention-seeking these days. And I include myself in that. Because it's... (laughs) You know, especially given that we couldn't go out to the football that year where we were locked in the houses and that. It's like football and everything that's going on in the world, cost of living, crisis, et cetera. It's like football has now completely become an act. It used to be a tick, you know, you can switch off for the week. Uh, for the week that's just happened, going out for a few pints with we your mates, watch the game, then go away, go home again. Whereas now it just seems to be that with the way that, especially social media amplifies things, that a lot of people have got just pent up anger. About anything. And at the moment, Hibs is the vehicle just to unleash it. Yeah. Like, the signing with Jago is a perfect example. of oh, sign a player, sign a player. Or, oh, we've signed a third. Who the fuck is this? Like, it is very... I think you used the right word, toxic. And I don't think it's conducive. I even thought the Block 7 boys were quiet yesterday. Um, the thing
1: is, with, with, with especially social media, it's, you're going to get... What you're going to hear is 99 times out of 100 the people that want to vent. People that have a a relatively good understanding of of football and this, that and the other aren't going to be the ones that are on their feet, screaming, spitting for their mouth, shouting things for 90 minutes. That's that's not the type of people that are going to do that. What I would class as the intellectual football supporter is going to be the one that's going to take in the game and try and just understand and read the game as it's going on it's the same with social media you're only going to see the loudmouths constantly spit rubbish over and over and over and over again that it, is not a true reflection of a support or actually what's going on either
0: yeah i know but i think that it does it does get amplified at easter road especially in times and i'm not saying we are we the worst for it. i'm sure that time castle is horrible when hearts are doing shite and Rangers we've seen their ground being half empty in the past Celtic closing tears at Celtic Park even when they're top of the league like if you can't please fans like that then what chance have you got yeah um aye so a wee bit longer one. oops excuse me a wee bit a longer one for us tonight but that'll wrap up this week I'm pleased to say that Mark has actually communicated in the chat whilst we're podding so Mark is glad he is okay Um. he says he went into the office today and he totally forgot about the pod so Cheers for that, Mark. We really appreciate you forgetting about something you're an integral part of, Um, it's really appreciated. I don't know how long Liam's away for, he might be back next week, he might not. Um, One thing I know for sure is that me and Sean will definitely be back. And we will be picking the bones of any transfer news that happens during the week and also the Aberdeen game next week. So thanks for sticking with us this week. Um, And I think more importantly, just try and stick with the team. Agreed. We're not going to get out of this lull by not going to games and protesting against the board and the ownership, etc. There's there's a time and a place for that, I think. Right now it's about trying to support the 11 that get on the park and then the subs who come on to try and get a result to get us out of this shite lull that we're in. Because even though we're out both cups, which I think is still unforgivable, we've still got a chance of Europe. So let's try and get along Easter Road on Saturday and back the boys as much as you can. Thanks for listening to me, rant and rave, Sean. I can we joke about you being the talker, but Christ I've gave you a rum for your money the night.
1: It's alright, it's fine. I've enjoyed it surprisingly considering the events that took place yesterday. So hopefully the, the listeners will, will do the same or at least appreciate the rants more than anything else.
0: Reasoned rants and whatever you do, um don't listen to social media actually before we go talking on social media it seems as if i've made a bit of an in myself and there's a clip going around for the lone bangers twitter space last night that's getting clipped and shared with hearts fans um talking on social media noan kenner um i don't know how i don't know why people go through these things but someone's went through his likes on twitter earlier
1: It comes up now when you like a tweet on Twitter, it, it comes up. On, on, it doesn't come up everything that you like, but if your timeline and your in, AI thinks, you it think think suggests it, it. Yeah. So that I, I can only assume that's how it's came up, and not some absolute nonce weirdo going through footballers' likes.
0: Do you think that just sums up where we are at the minute? He is liking a tweet, so he's liked two tweets eh, for hearts. One was the lineup. Which is nothing and it's in isolation. But then the next one is a is what Hearts have put out saying by the fans, for the fans, tagging the foundation of Hearts and a photo of the players celebrating in front of their stand. And he's liked that as well.
1: Hey, well, I'll tell you what, he's most certainly not been hacked. I don't yeah. care what your excuse is, which he came out and he replied to someone's tweet saying that he had been hacked and it's under control. For me, if you're hacking a footballer's Twitter, you're hacking it. You're not liking a couple of tweets and leaving it there. Do you know what I mean? So um, make it that what you will. It's not acceptable. We'll see what comes from it, if anything.
0: Yeah. Supposedly there was something on, like, uh, on .NET the other week about um, him and Johnson having some sort of argument and Ken ended up apologising but he still got punted out on loan so aye for me it's lead the room Nohan if you're listening like I think you'll find the majority of fans were actually a bit bemused that one you were out the team to start with and two that you were punted on loan to Ross County so if you've got a grievance with the club that's fine we've all got grievances with the club grievance with the management team but that's just a bit of a slap in the face I think Especially given that when you scored at Livingston, you were pulling the badge and punching the badge and all that it's sort of
1: stuff. The fir- I, I, I know we've been chatting on and on and on, and if you have made it all the way through to this point of the pod, we thank you. Yeah. But um, it's probably the first time in Noah Kenny's career where he's been questioned and not been loved to what he probably was before. So
0: right, it's this is probably- a first team player, though, so it's his first.
1: No, oh, I know, but from a youth perspective. He may well have been I mean, Leeds, highly rated him, didn't he? Yeah. So they've probably been, you know, bigging him up from a youth perspective, very similar to how our youth coaches probably big up our youth players. So it's probably the first real downside that he's seen to football, I think.
0: No, I agree. Well, Let's see, Nohan, get your finger out, mate. Cut that shite out. And maybe, just maybe, you'll have a chance. But aye, we'll wrap it up for now. Um, again thanks very much for listening share the pod when it comes out get involved next week if you've got any questions for us all four of us have got access to the twitter and um, i tend not to use it too much because uh, i just get myself involved in situations where my voice goes viral like is what seems to have happened with the gorgie globetrotters today so uh, thanks for listening we'll be back next week
1: thanks very much cheers